Hi, I'm Danny Hernandez, a member of Christian Bible Fellowship. Welcome to today's episode of the Shepherd LA podcast. Shepherd LA is a conference to inspire and connect like-minded church leaders for greater church health in Los Angeles. Learn more at shepherdla.org. As always, I'm joined by PJ Tobian, a pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Bellflower here in Southeast Los Angeles. So for today's episode, we have a very special guest. Very special. Uh, very not special. special, guys. Very special. Uh, she is the wife of PJ Tobian, right? Very special. Yep. But also, she is one of the stars of the Kinship Podcast. You guys should go subscribe to that Kinship Podcast. Boop, boop. I am a pastor, and one of the things that I fear has happened, one of my members has come up to me and has told me that they're considering leaving my church. What do I do? So first, you got to recognize what you are feeling personally. You, the temptation is to either be passive as a pastor or just as a fellow church member. You're just like, well, that's your decision, so go right ahead. And then you'll be passive and frustrated at that person for leaving. That's one, that's one option. I mean, this is a member you love and care about who's leaving. Right. And then the feelings that immediately, you know, the, the immediate reaction is a feeling of hurt, maybe even a feeling of rejection, like they're personally rejecting you because this is your church that you're a part of. Or if not, if rejection is too strong, maybe you're just feeling discouraged. I just want people to know that I feel the same things personally. I'm a pastor, so my identity being wrapped up with the local church, Bethany Baptist Church, there's a temptation when someone says they're leaving the church to take it personally as if it's a knock on me. So I just want people to know that I feel the same rejection or the hurt and the discouragement, and yet I've had to do this so many times that I've found ways to deal with it and to actually turn around and instead of licking my own wounds, actually turn around and serve the, per- the person. So to what do we do? The first thing you need to do is understand that you yourself need to rest in God. Mm-hmm. So before you even help them rest in God and follow Christ, you need to follow Christ. So you need the gospel applied to yourself. So things I would say to myself or things I need to remember or I would encourage you to remember is God is in control, so you don't have to be. If God wants a person to go, they're going to go. If God wants them to stay, they're going to stay. God is good and he's our treasure. Jesus is our treasure, so we don't have to look elsewhere. We don't ultimately need another person for our final ultimate satisfaction and joy as we live this life on earth. So um, because of that, we're free now. If, if Christ is my joy, if God is in control, then now if I could rest in that and calm my soul from the hurt or potential hurt or rejection, now I'm actually free and set up to serve them because I'm not, I'm not dealing with my own pain mm-hmm. in that conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes sense. Maybe before we get into some practical ways of what to do next, are there bad reasons and good reasons for leaving a church? Yes, of course there are bad reasons for leaving a church. Any, any sinful reasons would be bad reasons to leave a church. So selfishness, animosity towards another church member, uh, those would be some sinful reasons. Others might not be necessarily sinful, but maybe more foolish, non-sinful slash foolish or immature reasons. Mm-hmm. That could be the style of music. That can be the length of the service. That can be not being picked for a particular ministry position or responsibility. I mean, there's a thousand bad reasons 
for leaving a church. Can you think of other bad reasons people have left churches? I could think of moving because of a job, more money. Right, so living situation. A lot of times people decide where they want to live based on safety of the neighborhood, where they're going to work, cost of living, things along that line, and a commute to work. Not that those are bad things, but those are really not the... That really doesn't touch on the primary reason why we exist right. as Christians. We are here to make disciples of all nations. The Great Commission is our priority. That doesn't mean we can't move for those other reasons, but the Great Commission has to be central. So sometimes people leave and they try to fit the Great Commission into their reason for leaving, but right. it's not really central to their reason for leaving. And that would be primarily the bad reason for leaving a church because the church is central to making disciples. Those are some of the bad reasons. What are good reasons for a member to leave a local church? I would say leaving to take care of your family. Some like maybe um, your parents who are elderly. Aging parents. Aging yeah. parents. I know when we were at Capitol Hill, there was a couple that did that. And that just spoke volumes to you and I. Um, that's one. Yeah, another reason might be ministry calling. Mm-hmm. So disciple making, I think if you're going to reach out to certain neighbors right. and you live closer to that area... That might be a reason to to move churches, though I think I've heard that used in the past and not really actually be practiced mm-hmm. in an actual in that in their actual life. But I think that's important. That would be a good reason to move. Yeah, yeah. and then also, of course, like if a ch- church has false doctrine or just doctrinal yeah. differences or, or polity differences. Yeah. Really, I mean, right. if you yeah. have convictions on polity, baptizing babies, not baptizing babies, it's not really baptism or. Elder rule, congregationalism with plurality of elders. Those things for us are, are convictions and not just preferences. Right. So those would be reasons to leave as well. Would you say ministry or philosophy of ministry would fall under that? Sort of, but that could be a lot of... That's, yeah. that's, I, would, I would generally lean towards no mm-hmm. for the majority of it. I would take that more as a teachability type issue, primarily. There, I would say there are exceptions to that, but that would not be the, the rule. Mm-hmm. I think philosophy of ministry, once you move past biblical convictions, to, that almost becomes style. Right. Because you could do certain ministries even if the church doesn't have that certain philosophy in, some, in many ways. So how do you help the church think of that even prior to even moving? Like just something that they have in the back of their mind like i don't want to move for these reasons but i want to move for these reasons like do you preach it from the pulpit like is it like one-on-one conversations like how does that conversation come up or how do you disciple the members i would say it's all of it it's it's Mm -hmm. preaching it's the membership considered discussions before they join the church it's the list of questions we give to members as they think about transferring outside of the church. It's the membership meetings. It's the culture we form, the conversations we have, the way we pray for members, the renewal of the church covenant. It's the church culture. It's all of it. So now going back to church pastors and leaders who are hearing this. So again, you you told us and exhorted us to, to trust in Christ in these moments. So what does that look like then? What are the practical steps once a member comes to me to have that sort of conversation? What sort of questions are you asking? What are you doing uh, when that happens? Well, the first, so I would encourage 
in discipling someone, you want to serve them. So they're coming to you saying, I'm thinking about leaving the church or, hey, I'm leaving the church. How can I serve that person in that moment? What you want to do is you want to provoke thinking. You want them to think well. You want them to think biblically. And so the best way to do that, I would suggest, is asking questions as you're learning in the logic phase of classical education. But you want to ask, you want to, you want to force them to think about some questions. So the three questions, the three major categories of questions I would suggest are why, what, and how. Why, what, and how. So the why questions are really getting at the purpose. Why are you leaving? Why do you think God is calling you to fulfill the great commission of making disciples with another church? There could be good or bad reasons for that. And you're not judging whether they're good or bad. You're just asking the question. Why do you think this will help you fulfill the great commission? And why this particular church you're thinking about transferring to? Another question in the why is, why, why has talking to other church members convinced you or strengthened your sense that God is leading you in that direction? Or alternatively, why have you not talked to any other church members about this? Why have you decided already without getting counsel from other Christians? Whereas the Proverbs talks about wisdom comes from counselors. Not that they're always right, but but getting other eyes and minds thinking about it. So you want to ask the why question because you want to draw them out to, to see their values what their purposes are, what they're truly treasuring, whether God's word is truly guiding them, or whether they are clutching onto an idol unknowingly and really leaving and neglecting a gospel community for for a wrong treasure or value. So that's the why question. So Francis and PJ, I'm sure you guys have had many of these conversations with members. So Francis, let's say a member comes up to you and seemingly... They've already come to a conclusion that they're leaving. They seem pretty set on it. What What do you do in that type of situation? Well, when I'd want to start with letting them know that I don't want to make them feel guilty for leaving, but I do have questions and I want them to talk to other church people and other church family. So I'd ask them, am I the first one to know? If that's a yes, then I'd encourage them to have other people chime in. And even having them write out what their um, pros and cons and what their um, heart issues behind any of the pros and cons can be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it would be really just maybe even discipleship, biblical counseling behind that. Right. Um, And even letting them know, like, this is... This is revolutionary to be thinking this way. Like, why do I have to talk to people about something that affects my family? So giving them the idea of, hey, this is, we are a family. And um, we do have to talk about these things because your life affects my life and my life affects your life. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah, having to go against the grain because people don't want to... um, sort of have other people tell them what to do in their life so and i think particularly in america we're we're so used to even having churches where people can kind of come in in and out freely mm-hmm. where you're saying a lot of your your private life could be privatized right so it seems like you can come to those decisions without any sort of feedback right right yeah, any anything you want to add to that pj one of the things that's neglected today is the corporate nature of discipleship that we follow christ as a family We follow Christ individually, but equally as important, not less important, but important, but equally. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. is that we are corporately following Jesus just as much as we're individually following Jesus. So we're trying to disciple people to think about the ramifications of their decisions in their life in the church and when they leave a church. That doesn't mean you should never leave a church, but by and large, most members don't think well about the other members of the church and how it affects them or how to leave well in light of the effect it will have on them. Right. So you're talking about this why question. And as we talk about asking that initial why question, what is what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish with asking that why question? I think Francis alluded to it about getting to deeper heart issues, but can you expand on that? So if you want to get to their heart issues, so you're asking them to think about things, and then from there you, you're really wanting them to see it for themselves. So you're drawing it out as a mirror so that they can see, oh, this is what I'm really valuing. This is what I'm really treasuring. So after the why question, you said comes the what uh, question, right? Yeah, and the what question is just looking back on your time in the church and and taking stock. What did you do well? What What did you accomplish in the church? What did you not accomplish that you hoped to accomplish? And would you, would you say, in light of that, that you've been a faithful member during your time here? So this set of questions helps the brother or sister evaluate their calling before God in context of their relationships in the church. You want to celebrate the good works they've done. You don't want to discourage them as they leave. You want to say, hey, you had all of these desires, and God fulfilled so many of these good desires in your heart to us, and we are so grateful for that, and we need to celebrate that. At the same time, you want to identify failures and lessons to learn from the good works that were not done, that were incomplete so or neglected. And so you're just, you, want, you want them to, to get a good picture of how they could improve, if they could do it over what they would have done differently. That will set them up to transfer into their next church, having that lesson learned so they don't repeat that mistake in their current church or in their next church. Or if this conversation somehow leads them to conclude eventually that they should stay in this church mm-hmm. then it'll also help them to reset and reframe their ministry to the ch- to the church so, that they're a part of yeah so let's take that what question when you're when you're asking that what question what did you accomplish how have or what have you done here to show that you've been a faithful member what are some of the things that you are looking for well i like how you ask um did you go all, all hard here or did you go all out sorry all out <laughs> Sorry, did you go all out here? And who did you disciple? Like, who are the people that you discipled and... And impacted. Yeah. And, you know, you're not trying to embarrass them. You really right. want them to walk away encouraged, not discouraged. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be pointing out different things. Mm-hmm. Like, with another, with one of the couples that left recently, we talked about how they helped people think more about stewardship and finances. How, how, one, how the husband encouraged men in that regard. Mm-hmm. Or how the wife... Uh, encouraged the women and really learned about membership and, and asked stimulating questions and even was part of the podcast team, you know, identifying who they are here in some ways. But yeah, mm-hmm. just you want to point things out, be grateful for them and celebrate them. So the goal there is to encourage and then also to teach lessons for future growth and ministry. It's not, hey, look at all the stuff you didn't do. And do it yeah. in a loving manner. Right. You want to encourage them. Like, it's good to be corrected. Right. Proverbs says over and over and over again that the fool hates correction. And the wise person loves correction. And they love it not because they love just feeling convicted. They love learning the lesson to take it and grow from it. 
So you want to bless them in that way. Well, I think it's helpful that um, we do an you do an exit interview. I don't know if you've officially called it that, but having all these questions because for a member to have to like go search for an elder and the elder not having time to ask him these like heart probing questions, that's a little bit difficult. But if the member already knows like, okay, I need to set up an appointment or a meeting to um, with the pastor so I, because I'm leaving and I know he has questions, I think that's helpful for the pastor to like set that up. And I think that's important because even if they are transitioning to the church, if, if that's what the Lord's calling them to do, not only can they be encouraged by things they did here, but actually apply things that maybe they didn't and then go on and bless their future church family with, with some of those things. And lastly, you said there's a how question. Yeah. So you know why the purpose is and maybe God's reasons for how the Great Commission is being fulfilled in transferring or not. Now you know what they accomplished and you learned some lessons from, from just the past ministry there. Then the, the how question is, if you decide to leave, how can you leave in the most edifying way possible? Or if you realize that you shouldn't leave, how can you reframe your church life experience, uh, your, your church life here so that you are experiencing Jesus more and accomplishing his purposes even more effectively? But the how question is, okay, how do you, how do you grow from this? Once you identify why you're leaving clearly and what you've accomplished, I think at that point you're, you're able to communicate clearer to the church and to the leaders why you're leaving, and it actually edifies them more. Mm. Hey, praise God, this member is moving over here because they're going to make disciples in this way for the glory of Jesus Christ. Well, we want to celebrate that. But if you're like, oh, they're leaving because of a job, uh, I mean, there's not much kingdom right. uh, edification going on. With, oh, yeah, of course we understand. You're leaving for a job. Everyone understands that in America where jobs are so uh, highly valued, maybe overly valued in some ways. Everyone understands that, but there's no edification there. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you think about your leaving and then communicate that to your church family in such a way that you edify them and they're encouraging you? You have prayer requests built into kingdom priorities in the way you frame your leaving. So that's the question is how do you leave well or how do you reframe your current ministry context here. That'll just encourage your your congregation. As they're leaving, it teaches the members too on how to hold other people with a loose hand because obviously we're family and you think, okay, well, we're never going to depart from each other. But the reality is, is what does um, Mark say? We We meet to part and we part to meet. Yes. That's been really encouraging, but it teaches the members on on allowing others to leave. And I think with that, I was going to say save this for the end, but I'll say it now. I think pastors tend, and members, but pastors tend to feel like they own the members. Mm-hmm. That there's an ownership there. And in one sense, we're family. We do own each other as a church family, but Christ owns us even more. So, so sometimes we can have this ownership mentality, and that's why we take it personal, mm-hmm. which is why I began with, you need to gospelize yourself first because God is being good to you in having this conversation with this church member. Whether they stay or leave, God is being good to you right in that moment. And you need to see and savor that moment and savor God's goodness there so that you can honor God and serve that person well rather than say, I own you. How can you hurt me in this way? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And because of that reality, I think that moment can be really emotional for a lot of different reasons. So as you're having this conversation, have there been moments for you all where you have actually advised someone to stay or to possibly wait? 
and how have those conversations gone? Because like, like we're saying here, sometimes that can be emotional and maybe a member might not want to hear that right away. So what has that looked <laughs> like for you all and your experiences? Yeah, we definitely had a, a couple who were wanting to leave, but um, he talked to you and we, or you told him that he should wait about six months, right? Was it six yeah. months? Just because PJ was trying to get his heart, and it, it was evident to him as well. So the heart issues were there. So, it, yeah, we just encouraged him, like, you just need to stay um, for these months and just really love the church. Have Clear the church. your head, really. Yeah, it really was fuzzy for him emotionally. And, I mean, a lot of good came out from that um, that time of just him waiting. A lot of heart issues came out. And I mean, now they're thriving, I would say. So some, yeah, sometimes you got to tell them to just hold off a little bit just to get the emotion out of it. Yeah. So I have this conversation. Sometimes it feels like I have it more with people wanting to transfer to our church. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Leaving our church. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's, it's often the same thing. And everyone says, oh, there's, did PJ tell you the spiel of, you know, go all out at your church for six months. The six-month PJ rule? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, go all out. Like, don't leave disgruntled. Don't leave because you're emotionally overwhelmed. If you have poor reasons, that's not the time to decide to leave a church. You should you should have a health you should have healthy relationships with the Lord, with those around you, and you should be going all out in your service there. And then God calls you to make disciples somewhere else. That's the ideal because you're you're literally transferring churches in obedience to the Lord, as opposed to, I don't like how this is going or I don't like this part. And when you when you have that disgruntled complaining heart, you just bring that to the next church. So when people are coming to our church, I'm like, oh, hold on, you know, like before mm-hmm. you decide to come over here, you need to take care of some stuff at your church. Like you need to go all out there because you're going to come into our church body with the same gripes. And um, not that we shouldn't shepherd those types of things. We do. But as much as possible, we want to encourage people to think along the lines of these questions. That's great. And and how would that, why would that be helpful for the pastor in the situation? Because I think it would be easily tempting for a pastor in that moment to say, you know what? You don't want to be here. You're not happy. Like, just go ahead and go. So why is even that a good option for a pastor to encourage a member maybe to stay? Because, again, a pastor in that moment could just want to not have to deal with that member or just let them go. They, they don't want to be here. Why would that be a good option for a pastor as well? Well, the main reason is because Hebrews thirteen seventeen says that leaders will have to give an account for those they shepherd. Mm-hmm. So, so we have to get over our personal feelings. Mm. Yes, it's it's very it's it's a lot easier to just say you know what you don't want to be here that's cool, go, and that's not but that's not what the Lord would have us do. He wants us to shepherd them, and that might mean they still leave on bad reason for bad reasons. Maybe mm. not. Who knows? But our job is not to merely just take the easy route. Our job is to shepherd people as much as God gives us opportunity to faithfully do so. You know, God says to Ezekiel, I think it's in Ezekiel chapter 3, where he talks about the watchman. If the watchman is there on the wall and he doesn't warn them as they go, then God says, then their blood is on your hands. But if you warn them and then they still don't heed your call, well, then their blood is on their hands. Mm -hmm. So as a pastor, it's very important that you speak the truth in love because whether they're listening or not, you have a responsibility and you have you either have the blood on your hands because you were frustrated and you just 
didn't want to have that conversation because you were hurt or you get over yourself, you rest in the goodness of God, you realize that this is a gift and then you engage to serve them. Because even if they go for bad reasons and you're unsuccessful, let's say they're leaving for bad reasons and you're unsuccessful in helping them see that and decide against that, mm-hmm. you've still planted a seed of challenge to them right. that they'll carry with them to their next church and it might bear fruit there. Your church doesn't get to enjoy it, you don't get to enjoy it, but it's a win for the kingdom. So let's say a member is set on leaving and maybe they've answered some of your questions. What if they're not sure about where they're going to go? Maybe they're sure that they want to leave, but they haven't really quite thought about where they're going. So they're, you know, they're they're just feeling, you know, I think God is calling us to another church, but it doesn't seem clear as to where they're going to be going. What do you do in those situations? So when people don't have a church that they've thought of, our church definitely wants to hold them accountable and pray for them. But that usually means they've left not not the impetus primarily wasn't the church, but it was some other reason, which not might not be a bad reason, like the job or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we, you want to get them plugged in as as quickly as possible. You want to teach them what standards to look for in a church mm-hmm. and not to be too picky, but really, do they believe the gospel? Do they match up in terms of church polity? Are they about the Great Commission and taking responsibility for each other's discipleship? Well, then jump in because... It's more important to be part of a church, and then you can even transfer from another church locally than just wandering around mm-hmm. indefinitely yeah. and and find yourself in what I would call spiritual purgatory. Yeah, and it's also not good for a pa- pastor to allow their member to be in that situation. Right, they're, they're still responsible. The church right. is still responsible, right. I would say. But certainly the pastors would be. Yeah, we try to give them resources, um, some of the website for like Nine Marks and even um, TGC and others, um, other websites that we give them, and even personal recommendations if we know of friends, if PJ has friends that pastor a church where they're moving to, he'll re- recommend them going there, and then he'll email the pastor and let them know, like, hey, I got two potential, um, or I got potential members visiting the church and other things. Is there ever a good time or an appropriate time to discipline a member for leaving? Or trying to leave? Wow, that's a good question. The only clear answer to that is if they are already in the process of corrective discipline. Mm-hmm. So if they're on step one or step two, maybe really step two or step three, where two or three are confronting Sorry, Peter, what, are, what are these steps? Step one would be one-on-one confrontation in Matthew eighteen fifteen, mm-hmm. Privately, uh, stage two, I should say, maybe instead of steps... Stage two of trying to restore the brother or sister is to take two or three with you. If they don't listen to the two or three, and it's clear that they are the, that the person is indeed sinning and not repenting, then you take it to the church. That's stage three of trying to restore them. Mm-hmm. And if they don't listen to the whole church pleading with them for restoration and repentance, then the church will excommunicate them and treat them like an unbeliever or tax collector. That would be stage four. So if someone is in stage two of the restorative discipline process and they try to leave the church, mm-hmm. it would be wise for you to put in your bylaws or constitution to, that they are not allowed to and that the church reserves the right to continue the process, Right. first of all. But second of all, you would continue with it anyways. If they're not in that stage then you might just have to count your law, you know, cut your losses and just realize, you know what, um, we should have been more on top of it, but we weren't, so we had to accept their resignation. Hmm. That's not the best way of doing it, 
but um what if someone's potentially innocent let's say um someone there's potentially an idol there or let's say they're doing something like not gathering with a church for maybe two months maybe the church hasn't started these stages um but at the end of that they're like you know what i just i want to i want to move to another church i feel like we've we've had members at our church we're, we're sort of going through that right now where they yeah. haven't been attending regularly and that's a question you know we're not on the stages yet but if they came to me would it be appropriate to let them go right now i think so i mean i i don't i think two months and not starting the process i think that's more on the church right and the church needs to step up their discipleship and accountability before that happens but i think once if it that's kind of like a limbo stage right like before you're on step two or step three but you're not quite you're kind of past that stage one it's just well you should have you should have stepped up and and been more engaged or the church should have Mm -hmm. so you just learn from that you learn from that process and you go on but at the end of the day you have to trust the lord that doesn't mean we should be sloppy but admittedly there's a lot of gray so I mean, so the short answer is talk to your pastors and then talk to fellow pastors in the shepherd la network or Um, other types of pastors and get advice that's helpful though because i think a lot of folks would not think to put this in their bylaws or to even consider it but this is again if we're going to shepherd people as as hebrews has called us to then that's going to be important to to include so two other things i like to think about or want them to think about with the how is how will you bless the church you're transferring into so what goals do you have for that church and how do you seek to really go all out in your future church so that our church can pray for you as we're sending you off? Because we literally are sending you off from our church to their church. So how can we pray for you for your Great Commission initiatives? And then at the end of it, another way to leave well, I ask usually people, if you have not, draft a letter to the church and to the leadership of your intention to transfer to another church. And let me see a copy of the letter. Mm. At our church, we'll read a copy. We'll send it by email to all the members. We will read it in the church, in the business meeting, our members meeting. And if, or sometimes with members who haven't wrote, drafted letters or wrote letters, I'd be on the phone with them and I'd literally be typing what they're saying and I would read it back to them. And I would say, is this a fair summary of what you're saying? And if they say yes, I say, is it okay if I read this? at the members meeting and send this to the church. And they've always said yes. Right. And so even though they haven't drafted the letter, because I have 80-year-olds in our church, I think one of them I'm thinking of in particular was 85 years old. And I just was talking to her on the phone, wrote down the notes, and then sent it off. You talked about these three questions, asking the why, the what, and the how. What would happen if a pastor just didn't ask these questions? What, what could a pastor potentially be doing if these questions aren't asked? If you don't give them space to at, to think through these questions and and reflect for themselves then you may passively stand by even if you're not a pastor as a christian friend you may passively stand by while your friend makes a decision that will stunt their personal christian growth and will discourage the church as a whole mm-hmm. and then they're going to bring that mess it's a small mess admittedly but still a mess they'll bring that mess to the next church mm. so you're hurting your church you're hurting their church as they enter in, and they're, you're hurting their own growth. But if you calmly provoke them to think about God's purposes in their decision, you'll lead them to experience Jesus in that conversation. They may increase in wisdom and self-awareness, and you will encourage your church family through their thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to provoke them to think, 
calm down personally, rest in the goodness of God in that moment, and then serve them by asking why, what, and how. All right. Well, uh, we hope this is helpful to many of you, and thank you again for listening.